0: Hello and thank you for joining us. Welcome to Elevate Your Business. I am Laurie Lee, owner of Elevate Business Law. We provide legal advice to small businesses throughout the state of Florida. And as part of our mission to provide small business owners with good business practices, we interview ed- business advisors from various industries. Today we have Robert Roldan from the Homes Organization of Florida. You can find Robert on his cell phone at 904-534-8581, or you can send him an email at r R-O-L-D-A-N, at holmesorg.com. That's H-O-L-M-E-S-O-R-G.com. And I'll give you that contact information one more time at the end of the podcast. Robert is here today to talk to us about business insurance. Good morning, Robert. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to have you on our podcast.
1: Thank you for the pleasure. I'm excited as well. Yes.
0: Yeah, so so business insurance, what a huge topic. You know, this is such a critical piece of, of a business plan. You know, I get questions all the time about insurance. You know, as an attorney, I'm dealing with liability issues um, in many different contexts, and, you know, insurance questions can be very technical, and depending on the particular liability, I might know the answer, but in all likelihood, you're the expert, and you're going to know a whole lot more than me, so I'm excited to get that information from you today.
1: Great. Thank you. All
0: right. yes. Yeah, so our listeners are business owners, mostly small business owners mostly, many of them are service professionals, you know, service-based companies. Some have retail, some have consulting, all different types of business owners. But I think I'd like to start out with a very general, asking you a very general question, which is, what kind of an insurance should a business owner consider buying? Let's start there.
1: Well, it's a very good question. Uh, The Most business owners have spent quite a bit of money to start their business or borrowed quite a bit of money to start their business. And so, of course, the primary objective is to protect your business assets in the event you did have a fire, hurricane, burglary, uh, or even your uh, liability suit against you. And so the primary uh, types of insurance that any business owner should have is, of course, if you own the building or purchase the building, it would be to protect your building insurance. Uh, your and your content, your business property and inventory. Uh, and then a third would be your income, because in the event of a fire, you're, you'll be out of business for quite some time, and we just recently had that happen to one of our clients this past year. And uh, liability insurance. Most companies carry a million-dollar liability insurance in the event they do get sued uh, for some reason. Um, and, and then uh, lastly would be, of course, uh, workers' compensation insurance. To protect uh, and cover yourself in the event your employees and
0: yourself were to become injured while working. Great. So, as uh, I heard you, I'm think I'm hearing four different categories. I'd like to ask you a couple questions on each. Starting with the casualty. Um, if if something were to happen, you mentioned fire, theft. Um, what are some of the other casualties that that you've seen as far as? Um, an event happening to a business?
1: Well, just recently we uh, we had one of our Dunkin' Donut franchises uh, burned to the ground last June. And uh, he insured, for example, his franchise building, it's a standalone building for $1.2 million, and all the property inside of it for $200,000. Now, this fire took place June 8th in Palm Coast, Florida. You can look at it on YouTube and see it on the news. Uh, and uh, he is going to reopen next week. So it took approximately a year for, uh, to clear the property, have the police investigate the fire, the fire department investigate it, the insurance companies investigate it, get new drawings, new permits, new zoning requirements, uh, and, 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 uh, and have it rebuilt Uh, so that he can reopen according to his franchise requirements as well. Now, he was about $250,000 short of what he needed because the building had been there 10 years, and you don't realize, but zoning and ordinance laws change constantly, and 10 years later, he was not able to rebuild that property exactly the way it was built 10 years ago. There were some new requirements. Some of those are ADA requirements. Uh, which is the handicap r- uh, rules and regulations and uh, some various other requirements for the parking area and landscaping and a variety of other things. And uh, that's besides the new uh, franchise requirements when you want to open up a new Dunkin' Donuts franchise, what you must do to comply with their requirements. So even though he had $1.2 and 200000 one total of $1.4 million of insurance, he was about $250,000 short, which he had to come up with uh, to rebuild his property. Now, the other main part of the insurance is, well, how did he survive uh, for 11 months without having a business that's open and, and getting any income? Well, he happened to have purchased, uh, he's a smart business owner, he owns several franchises, and he purchased business income and extra expense insurance, which many business owners have on their insurance policies but don't realize it and don't really understand it, but what that does is that pays him. He had purchased fifty thousand dollars a month for twelve months in the event his property was damaged by fire, hurricane, and uh, you know, and was unable a, being a, unable to open. In this case, that that benefited him quite quite a bit because he was able to turn in his financial statements every month, and that type of insurance pays for four things. It pays for your net profit before taxes that you're not making. It pays for your, any mortgage or uh, rental payments that you have outstanding that you have to pay regardless of whether you're open or not because many leases and many banks say, well, sorry you burned to the ground, but you still have to pay it." And, uh, and thirdly, it pays your payroll so that you can keep, especially your key employees, so that they don't leave you and go somewhere else. And then lastly, it pays for any ongoing expenses you must continue to pay even extra expenses, one uh, extra expense that he had, for example, is that when the building burned, he had to pay to put up a rent of fence to fence the property in because you can't leave a burnt building open to uh, have open access to it uh, for anybody just to approach it, like young people or anybody else to get in there. So you have to board it up and put a fence around. Uh, but some other expenses that he had that he had to continue paying, which uh, we all learned uh, uh, through this experience, was, for example, uh, he had a lease agreement with his alarm company for the alarm system and the video cameras in the building. Well, when he called them to say, my building burned to the ground, I'm not going to pay you this month, they said, look, we're very sorry you had a fire, but you have a contract with us, you've got to pay us anyway, please send us a check. Uh, and then there was the other one was the credit card machine. You know, you have a PO system, POS system that you lease mm-hmm. and you purchase, or a credit card machine. And uh, you have a contract with that as well. And they said, we're very sorry that the machine melted in the fire. You still have to pay it. <laughs> so, so, you know, this was this was a very, very telling and very eye-opening experience.
0: So did the did the insurance cover those two payments, the, the POS yes. system and the security yes. system?
1: Yes. He had purchased enough. Like I said, with business income insurance, oftentimes you – you have to pick the amount of months and the amount that you want to buy. So you try to come up with a guesstimate of those four numbers. He had purchased 50000 a month for 12 months. Uh, your options are usually 3, 4, 6, 9, or 12 months, and you pick the number that, that you can uh, 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 justify. And uh, he did have enough money, and yes, they did, they did pay him for all those expenses that, that I had mentioned, including the POS system and the alarm system.
0: Okay, so he had business income, which covered that, he had fire insurance, which covered the the, the damage yep. to the building itself, and allowed him then to rebuild the building.
1: Yes, and the building is beautiful. It's been rebuilt. Uh, it it now is uh, actually nicer than it was because now it meets new codes, and um, and of course in this process uh, he added some money to. Uh, and actually beautify it more than it was before. So it paid to rebuild the property, the building completely. It it paid him for all the uh, content that he had up to his limit and and, uh, all his extra expenses and all the business income that he lost.
0: Wow. Now, did he own the building or was he renting it? He
1: actually owns it. He owns it under a different name. So he is both the tenant and the landlord.
0: And so uh, mm-hmm.
1: now, and, and and what we learned there, an interesting thing about that, uh, which you don't really think about, but he his company is paying the landlord rent, and he's both the tenant and the landlord. Normally, normally when you have uh, a, a tenant and a shopping center, they're not both. You know, the tenant is paying the landlord the. I mean, the tenant is paying the landlord the rent. So the mm-hmm. tenant whose bur- who business burns. Their insurance would pay the landlord the rent and and uh, and uh, and and the income. In this case, he was both the tenant and the landlord. It, you kind of like you can't double dip, so they they had to choose: are we going to pay the rent or are we going to pay you your income loss to cover the rent? You know, I mean, so hmm, the la- because
0: he had insurance under both entities, so he had insurance entities- under. So that's he was right. paying premiums for both policies, but the insurance company wouldn't, basically well, well, made him actually, choose which one? He had one,
1: one policy, one policy with both names on it. Oh,
0: uh, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, one policy that with both sense. names on it. And the reason we do that is in the event both, both entities get sued. We're, we're mm-hmm. really concerned more about liability than we are about property because that's, that's easy to resolve.
0: So. Right. Okay. So that's kind of like an additional insured type of an arrangement. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's a very interesting case study. Thank you for sharing the details with us on that. And, and I'm glad it turned out well for him. I'm glad he had all the insurance he had. And I'm sure at the time that he purchased that insurance, he thought he was buying enough. Um, but right. keeping in mind that as the future goes on, things become more expensive. Building codes increase. Other requirements yep. are there. So yep. maybe the, the lesson learned here is that you you need to overestimate what you might need so that you don't have to come out of pocket if something like this were to happen. You said he was 250000 short,
1: short. Short, yeah. And that was primarily on the content um, you know, you start when you when you first open there's some things you don't purchase immediately and then later on you add the video cameras and you add your T V mm. screens and you add, you know, as you start making money you start beautifying it and putting more money into it. And all mm, those good things point. You forget you forget to increase your insurance. And uh of course his location is an hour away from my office. I don't I'm not there every day and so he needs to, you know, people forget. and
0: uh, Yeah, that's natural, right. I mean, it, it, it's funny because, um, you know, there's all kinds of things with insurance that we need to update, not only for our business but for our ho- our homeowner's insurance as well. Um, you know, we, we add things and, and updating that is, is along the same lines. So as far as casualty goes in, are, are fires very common? This is a fire. Is this something you see very often?
1: A fire like this you don't see very often, which I think is why um, many people get kind of very comfortable with it not ever happening. Uh, when it does happen, it is quite devastating, but it doesn't happen very often. Uh, we see more uh, liability claims more than anything else. We must, we must get a, a, a lawsuit against the client uh, about once a week.
0: Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, from, from wow. For Okay, so tell us what that is. That's the second category of insurance you mentioned, which was insuring yourself against a lawsuit. And when, when people mention this, I'm thinking, you know, I'm a lawyer, and, of course, I always automatically think about slip and falls. Um, you know, somebody comes into your business and slips and falls because that's what we see on TV commercials uh-huh. where if you've been uh-huh. injured, you know. Um, so tell us what kind of lawsuits are you seeing?
1: Well, uh, you see all types. Uh, you see people slip and fall in uh, potholes in the parking lot that they're responsible for. And you say, well, how am I responsible? Well, check your lease. Your lease tells you what you're responsible for and what your landlord's responsible for. And so, uh, you know, if you don't maintain the parking lot and somebody slips and falls, we had a woman slip and fall and break her ankle in, in a pothole. Uh, we've had people break their teeth while eating food. We've had people slip and fall. We've had uh, wooden chairs. People sit in restaurants and the wooden chairs are wobbly, and a very heavy person breaks the chair and breaks their shoulder and winds up suing, and that is negligence. You, you, any any chairs that aren't functioning well uh, should be taken off the floor. Uh, you have uh, uh, just a variety of things, uh, you know, product failing, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, just a variety of things. In fact. Uh, mm-hmm. Now that we're talking liability, I mean, it reminds me of the lawsuit that, or well, the situation with United Airlines, that would have been a tremendous negligence lawsuit, uh, which is probably why they settled that case so, mm-hmm. uh, so with that gentleman that they pulled off the airplane. Mm-hmm. So, but there are all right. kinds of, you know, we've had employees spitting people's drinks. Uh, we've had, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff. People, people are, you know, get upset and do crazy things. <laughs> And so then you wind up having a lawsuit over it instead of trying to resolve things in a
0: in a, in a proper way. Mm-hmm. So those to me that sounds like we're talking about lawsuits with customers or people who are are interacting with your business. What about lawsuits with employees?
1: Well, there are a variety of lawsuits with employees. Um, First of all, let's, let's. Workers' compensation insurance is in the event one of your employees gets hurt while working, uh, and and uh, of course they want their medical bills paid. Uh, if if you in Florida, you you know there are two sets of rules for workers' comp. All contractors in Florida must have workers' comp if they have one worker. It doesn't matter if that worker is part time or full time. They must have workers' compensation insurance to cover that one worker. Um, And then all other businesses in Florida, this year, 2017, if you have four workers other than the owner, and it doesn't matter if those four workers are part-time or full-time, you must have workers' comp when you hire number four. Now, what that does for the employer is that if the employee were to get injured, no matter how, uh, the workers' compensation insurance pays 100%, no deductible for all their injuries, therapy, uh, uh, hospital, uh, ho- uh, hospital stay, whatever they need, and the employer cannot be sued uh, by the employee for that injury. That's the protection the employer gets. However, if the employee were to get an attorney, the attorney would not be suing the employer. Rather, the, intu- the employee, the attorney, what they do is they sue the insurance company for benefits and uh, represent the, the employee. So. Uh, that protects the employer. If you have four employees and you don't buy worker's comp and your employees uh, were to get injured or you were to be discovered that you don't have it, uh, then you would be fined by the state inspectors, and you would be required to buy the insurance and you would be required to buy the insurance starting paying what you should have paid from the day you hired the fourth employee. So if you didn't okay. have it for three years, yeah, if you didn't have it for three years and three years ago you had four, they would go back and charge you all those years plus fine you uh, all the, for all of that whole period of time. It can be uh, quite, quite, quite expensive. Um, now, if you have less than four and you don't have it, you're not required to buy it, but it, sometimes it's wise to buy it because in the event you have less than four and one of your employees were to be injured, you don't. You no longer have the protection of not being sued for their injuries. The employee would have the right and the ability to sue the employer, uh, with or without
0: justification, for their injury on the job. Mm. What do do independent contractors count, or is it just true employees? Interestingly, it's a very good question. Independent contractors.
1: It doesn't matter if you pay a person 10.99 a W-2, or if they call themselves an independent contractor or not. There are, and I can't go through, them with, with, through all of them with you right now. But there are 20 uh, 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 requirements, and you can see those on the internet if you look up what are the requirements to justify myself calling myself an independent contractor. One of those is you come and go as you please. You have your own insurance. You have your own company, your own federal tax ID number. You pay your own taxes, so on. so you just can't say I'm going to change my W-2 employee to a 1099. Now you're an independent contractor, and you can you and you know, I'm not going to cover you anymore. It doesn't really work that way. Uh, what happens is if you control the employee's time, work and hours and, 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 and uh, when he comes in and when, when he or she comes out, you are still the employer and you're supposed to cover that person on the worker's comp. It's all about who's in control and who has the freedom to do what they want. So um, uh, it's important that people know that distinction because you don't want to find out that you're wrong when the person is injured because
0: mm. then, then it becomes a lawsuit. Okay, good point, very good point. What about those cases where an employee might sue an employer for something other than an injury?
1: Well, uh, let's, 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 let me just jump back a little bit and I'll go to that. The only time an employee can sue an employer that is rightfully insuring hurt the employee with workers' compensation insurance, the employee would have to prove that the employer did something purposely to have the employee get injured. So, for example, um, the employer knew that the safety feature on this piece of equipment was not functioning properly, but nonetheless told the employee to get to work and do the job even though it was functioning. He knew that there could be a possibility that employee could get injured because the safety features were not working. So that, that would be a situation where an employee, even with workers' comp, would be able to pursue an action against the employer. Now, what other situations are there that the employee can sue the employer? Well, there's a kind of insurance now called employment practices liability insurance. And what that's for, uh, and that's rather new, come out about uh, less than 10 years ago. What that's for is lawsuits Against the employer for not hiring the employee because they are, 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 you know, they're they're a different race, or they're Muslim, or they're gay, or they're, you know, or they're male or female, and they don't hire, you know, uh, uh, that gender for whatever reason. You know, all these things. Um, there are certain federal laws that protect employees and people from these things, and if you violate those laws, uh, you can have an action against the employer. And there is insurance. Uh, by the way, that you can buy call employment practices liability insurance, even protecting you against wage and hour claims which uh, which have become quite popular recently, which mm-hmm. has to do with which has to do with not paying your employees overtime when they're when they're entitled to it uh, and and uh, and so you can cover that as well um, and uh, trying to think what else that might be. Uh, I think
0: you've covered most of it, uh, the discrimination. What about sexual harassment?
1: That includes sexual harassment as well. That includes sexual harassment as well. Uh, We had a particular situation where, uh, you know, college kids were working in a restaurant along the deli line, you know, and and you go along the deli line and they serve you. Uh, And then the supervisor uh, was rubbing up against the young ladies while he was you know, going down the line, supervising. And the young women mm-hmm. told them to stop it. They didn't appreciate it. And one of the ladies did sue and file a, a claim, an equal opportunity claim against the owner because he felt the owner uh, did not take enough action to prevent his supervisor from uh, uh, doing what he was doing. So uh, you find a lot of these types of claims happen when, Uh, you either have a very large organization and an employer, the owner is not present and and not supervising the business directly or when there are, of course, multiple locations and the employer couldn't possibly be at every location checking his managers to make sure they're behaving properly and complying Mm -hmm. with the law. Mm -hmm.
0: And there's a training component to that too, right? I mean, when you train your employees about proper behavior and, and what's correct and not and different policies that you have in place, which there's a whole other conversation we'll have to have you back on the podcast to discuss yep. because that's very interesting. So, okay, just to recap, we've talked about casualty losses from fires and other types of casualties like that. We've talked about lawsuits. talked about workers' comps. And um, what about just income insurance? You mentioned it a little bit with the Dunkin' Donuts um, example. Tell us a little bit about what that looks like. Um, if, if, if a business were to come to you saying, I want to buy business income insurance, what would you explain to them?
1: Well, the business income insurance uh, is not purchased by itself. You would have to buy that along with your regular property insurance and liability insurance uh, with your business. And you have most policies... Uh, well, let me start out by this. The best policies you can buy and there aren't many available anymore because it's not sold like this by many companies anymore, the best you can buy is what they call 12 months of insurance actual loss sustained, ALS, actual loss sustained, which means that uh, the, most, the longest period of time you can buy it is for 12 months following the claim. Uh, so what that means, if you had a fire today, we're going to pay you 12 months into the future until you're back open in, in business and, and operating normally. So uh, that's the best you can buy, and the actual loss of the same means we're going to pay you any amount of money, unlimited, if you can justify it uh, to us, we're going to give you a check for that amount. And the four things I mentioned were your net profit before taxes, your payroll, your rental mortgage, and, uh, and any ongoing expenses or extra expenses you had to pay. So whatever they, that might be, uh, for the next 12 months, if it takes that long, before you can open again, the insurance company would, would, would uh, give you a check for that. Now, today, however, uh, more often, you must choose the time period and the amount. So you have several choices for the time period. You can buy three months long, four months, six months, nine months, or 12 months. Those are your options. Three, four, six nine or 12 month period of time which you're sitting there thinking, how long would it take me to reopen my business if I had a total fire or my building had a fire, even if it's an office building and, for example, you're just a uh, renting space in there and the building caught fire, how long would it take for me to reopen somewhere else and be back in business? Now, uh, for Dunkin' Donuts, their standalone building, you could see it took 11 months. It could have taken twelve, it could have taken nine, just depends on all the permits and how long everything takes. Um, and as I mentioned, he purchased fifty thousand a month for twelve months, which is six hundred thousand dollars. He could have purchased more or less, it was enough, he, he, he knew what it would take. Uh but some businesses purchase three or four months and then they run out of time and money. Um, so uh that's that's the way it's purchased. Um, and, uh, and let's say, for example, you're a brand new business and you've only been open for one month and you have a fire, okay? How are you going to justify the next three, four, six, nine months? Let's say you purchased it for 12 months. How are you going to get money for the next 12 months? Well, insurance companies have been doing this for a long time. And what mm. they do is they look at another business similar to yours. And if you're a franchise, they'll look at another franchise in your area. They'll look at another business in your area like yours, and they will come up with you a determination of what your uh, pro pro-form, forma business plan was and what they normally make in the first 12 months of business and what the expenses would have been and so on. So uh, uh, they've been doing it a long time. They have experts that, that work on this with you, and, uh, and, so, and then they come up with a number that would make sense. Uh, and that would have been fair to you uh, as the business owner.
0: Very interesting. And and that's uh, so many details you've shared with us today. Thank you for that. Um, I, do wanna, is... I do
1: want to mention one more thing, if you don't mind. I want to I sure. point something up. I want to go back to the Duncan Notice. I found out something this morning about it, and it's interesting when you have an actual case, all the various little details that you learn, and, and that we talk about all the time, but it's really it's really revealing to us when we see it actually happening let's go back to that fire the cause of the fire has yet to be determined but what they think happened was at the time of the fire it was a thursday at 4:30 in the afternoon the business was open people were inside having donuts and coffee and 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 they smelled smoke what happened was they were having the roof on the building replaced and half of the roof uh was was being done at a time first one half then the other half just for so that, they don't have to close the business completely. And apparently, the gentleman may have been smoking. And so, uh, it was a wood roof with some fiberglass. We think what may have happened is some ash fell on the fiberglass. He went away, uh, took, the day, took was finished for the day around 4.30, and they and the manager of the restaurant smelled smoke, and, um, and then they, they saw the flames, they called the fire department, et cetera, et cetera. However, an interesting thing that happened this morning was that... The, the franchise owner, the person that owns the Dunkin' Donuts, got a bill today from the roofer that, was, that may have caused the fire. They don't know, so you can't argue that until it, it's discovered, but got a bill today for $21,000 for the roofing materials, all the shingles and everything that was sitting up on the roof, waiting to be installed and, and when, when the fire took place. Okay? Wow. So So... The question is, who's responsible for all that material that hadn't been put in yet, all the shingles Mm. that were just sitting there waiting to be installed, and the fire took place, and they burned in the fire? Okay. (laughs) Well, the the way that is normally covered, okay, is that the contractor, they all know this, you buy what's called an installation floater, which covers the stuff that you're going to install somewhere else and you drop ship it or leave it there. In the event that property gets stolen or burned or blown away by hurricane at that location. So the question came up today was, did the roofer have the proper insurance to cover that? Now, we suspect he did not because he's sending my client a bill for (laughs) $21,000. Now, they're going to have to decide between themselves should he or should he not pay it, you know, uh, I have, I have a, a, an opinion there, but, uh, you know, that's between them. Uh, but from an insurance standpoint, uh, of course, um, uh, um, you know, our, our client, it was an accidental fire. They haven't determined who was at fault yet. Once they make that determination, it's going to become more clear Who's responsible for those materials up there? Of course, if if it was the roofer's responsibility, the roofer's going to have to be responsible for his own materials. If it was just an accident and and it just happened to burn, uh, you know, they may have to negotiate. I mean, this is just the way life is. They They may have to negotiate a payment for that because the insurance company already put up a new building and paid for a new roof, interestingly enough, with the same contract. So, I was
0: just going to ask that. Did they use yes, the same contract? Use the same contract that they roof? put up a brand-new
1: building, brand-new roof, and so, 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 but this happened before the fire, so they're going to have to kind of work that out in, 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 in an amicable way, I hope. Uh, but had the roofer had the proper insurance, what they call installation floaters at Inland Marines, the, the type of policy that covers property away from your business location, and if he had purchased a certain amount, that all that material would have been paid by his own insurance company to him. And then if they find that it wasn't an accident, that our client had done something to burn the building, then they would, of course, just like a car accident, go after him to be reimbursed for the money they paid for the, to the roofer. So it's an interesting scenario. I don't know what the outcome is
0: going to be, but uh, that just happened this morning. That that is interesting. How, Robert, how long have you been doing this? How long have you been selling insurance? I've been in
1: the I've been in the commercial insurance business 35 years.
0: Wow. Because yep. you certainly know all the ins and outs of all these different policies and how everything relates together. So your perspective is amazing, and, and again, thank you. thank you so much for sharing that with us today. I, 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 I sense that we could talk for another hour and get all kinds of additional information, um, so we'll have to invite you back again um, as a guest on our, our podcast in the next few months and, and get that additional information. So thank you again. For our, for our listeners, that's Robert Roldan. He is with the Homes Organization of Florida. His cell phone is 904-534-8581. And his email is R-Roldan, R-O-L-D-A-N, at HolmesOrg.com. That's H-O-L-M-E-S-O-R-G.com. And I'm Laurie Lee with Elevate Business Law. Thank you for being with us today. You can visit our website at ElevateBusinessLaw.com. And again, check back for more episodes with interviews of other business advisors who share their great expertise with our business listeners. Thank you, and we'll talk to you again.